You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. This is Turn Knowledge to Profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. Now, here are your hosts for Turn Knowledge to Profit, entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors, Janelle and Michael McCauley. Welcome, and thank you for joining us on Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm Janelle McCauley, and along with my co-host, Michael, each week we bring you the insights, ideas, and tools that you need to earn more, make a bigger impact, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. You're going to want to take notes, so grab a pen and paper, and let's get started. This week in our Business Builder segment, Michael and I will be talking about how the most successful coaches leverage their coaching into a range of products and services to serve clients at a variety of price points. That's up in a bit in our Business Builder, so stay tuned. First up, it's our success interview. Today we are talking with Bernadette Joy. Have you ever thought that your only option was to go to college, work 45 years, and wait until you retire to follow your dreams? (laughs) That was Bernadette's path, and she was miserable. So she quit her job, started her own business, and never looked back. Now she teaches others how to chart their own path, make money doing what they love, and earn what they need to live the lifestyle they want to live. I know a lot of you have the same goals, so I'm really excited today for our conversation with Bernadette, and I know she's got some great insights to share with us. Welcome, Bernadette. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about our conversation and what you can share. And as we get started, I'd love to ask our guests to share just a little bit about your current business how it got started, and we know the basics, but really how you came up with this idea and how it's evolved. Sure. So I think it's relevant to say uh, that I started the ideas of this business um, about three years ago. Uh, Like many people that I know, I was in corporate America. I uh, worked for big financial services companies in New York City. I moved to Charlotte and worked for a couple of technology companies. And I really, as you might have mentioned in my intro, was not happy with that career. Uh, But I grew up in a very traditional family. Uh, The only way I knew to make an income was to go work for somebody else. Uh, And I decided that that wasn't for me, but I didn't know what that next step would be. So I went back to grad school and got my MBA. And two things happened out of my MBA program. One was that I had a business idea to start a dress rental service, which was my first business. It's called Dressed. And we rent out dresses for special occasions. And I can tell you a little bit more about the genesis behind that, but it was really to solve my own selfish problem of being in school, not having a lot of money to spend, but still wanting to look great and go to all of these events that I had to go to without spending a lot of money. That actually led me to my second business, which is the business that I'm really passionate about, which is BernadetteJoy.com. And our tagline is to help people save money, make money, and earn your lifestyle. And that really became my passion in that as I was going through this process of quitting my corporate job, of going back to grad school, and the second thing that happened out of grad school is that I got a, a lot of student loan debt. I had about $70,000 in student loan debt. And I had made that decision probably with a lot of other people thinking that grad school was going to be my, my answer to all of my career problems. And when I came out of grad school, I still wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but I, now I had more debt. And I also had this business that I wanted to start. So I ended up getting really serious about paying off that debt because I didn't feel comfortable starting a business or quitting my day job with having that amount of debt on my shoulders. So my husband and I, in so many ways, ended up paying off that debt in less than a year after I graduated, which most people, once they heard that I had done that and I quit my job to run my first business full-time, kept asking me, how did you do that? And 
I realized that I kept saying the same thing over and over and over again, and that led to my consulting business with Bernadette Joy. Wow, that's an amazing story. And <laughs> I would bet that there's a lot of our listeners that are saying, I've got debt. We hear people all the time say that they want to leave their day job, leave their corporate job, but they can't figure out how to do it financially. So can mm -hmm. you share maybe a couple of things that you did to help you get really clear so that you were able to get rid of the debt? Because that's an amazing pace to get rid of that at. Yes, yes. Um, I myself, like many other people, thought that you know, debt was just a part of life. I used a credit card just like everybody else. I took out all that student loan debt without even realizing how much I had taken out. Uh, but there are a couple of things that were really important uh, in my story that helped me to be successful in that. Uh, the first thing was uh, really to start educating myself about finances, about personal finance. I have so many people that tell me, you know, no one taught me about how to use uh, debt effectively or about personal finances or how to budget. It wasn't their parents. It wasn't formal education. And I had that same, same issue too. But what I think that, uh, that I did that was different from other people is that I didn't let that be an excuse. And instead, I took a lot of time to self-educate. So the first couple of months, once I decided that I wanted to pay this debt off, I went crazy. I went online and searched every possible resource there was out there, blogs and YouTube videos. I uh, took out books from the library because they were free <laughs> at the time and read as much as I could. And most of what I've learned has been self-taught self and uh, most of what I've learned has also been what I realized was not technical information. It was changing my mindset. And that came from a lot of the different resources that I had. Um, and then the other thing that I think is really important in my story and why we were able to pay that debt off so quickly was because I had a very specific goal in mind as to why I wanted to pay off that debt. For me, it was so that I could quit my job and run this business full time and also make sure that that debt that that business didn't have any debt. And I've noticed that when a lot of people talk to me about their personal finance struggles or wanting to pay off debt, they don't really have a specific reason why they want to do it. They know that they're stressed. They know that they don't like living paycheck to paycheck. Um, they, they know that they want to support their family, but they don't have a specific kind of vision in mind for what that looked like. And for me, I had a very specific goal, which was I wanted to, within two years, be able to quit my day job and run my business full-time, completely debt-free. And there was, a, there was a time to it, and there was a number value to it. And a lot of people don't have the time constraint on their goals, and they don't have the dollar value of their goals. And when I had that, it made it a lot more palpable. Well, you raised so many, um, so many really interesting things when you were talking about that. First of all, I loved that you didn't use not knowing as an excuse. You made a choice to learn, and I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the, the, the other thing I think that's so important is you realized a lot of it was about mindset. Mindset mm -hmm. holds so many people back because they say, I can't do it. I don't know how. It's not possible. And I always tell people that if you say it's not possible, it's not. If right. you say it is, it is. It's really about making that choice. And I love that because it's, it's really a, a story that people need to hear that, because people would say $70,000, there's no way that you just can't do it. But mm -hmm. knowing your why, having that being really specific, those are things that I also are really important. So you had the foundation for doing it, and I think that's a framework that a lot of people can use to be able to make a decision and get into action. And then you've got into action. You did something mm -hmm. about it versus saying tomorrow, someday, maybe. You can't schedule those on the calendar. You can't, there's nothing tangible. You've got mm -hmm. to have that. Right. And I think, uh, you know, I've heard so many people, just like you said, I can't do it. It's not possible. And my response always to them is not with that attitude. You can't. So, um, <laughs> 
that's been kind of my my phrase to people every time they tell me that you know they just can't see it. I think uh, that for me, you're right. I um, and it came from a different place. I think uh, you know a lot of people might be okay with their jobs. It, you know, it maybe it wasn't like me where I was like, oh my gosh, I really want to get out of this career. I really have this thing that I'm more passionate about that I want to do. A lot of people have come to me and said, well, I don't have this thing that I'm passionate about. I don't have this grand business idea that I want to pursue, but I, I know I don't want to do this. And my response to people all the time is that it doesn't have to be um, a business that you're passionate about or this like creative thing. I never considered considered myself a creative person. But I have a lot of friends who want to have more financial freedom because they just want to spend more time with their family. Or I have a friend who really loves playing volleyball and he just would like to get out of work earlier so that he could go play volleyball. Um, I have another friend who wants to, you know, dreams about having a vacation home someday. There's there's no reason that's any better or worse than anybody else's, and everyone's reason is their own to pursue those mm-hmm. things. But having a very clear idea of not only what it is that you want to do it in, but in what time frame, like you said, saying, oh, someday or tomorrow I'll start this. For me, it was like every day that I didn't do this was one day I felt like I was wasting that I could otherwise, being doing, otherwise be doing this other thing. Um, so when you think about time as being very finite and not having uh, infinite time to do things, for me, it, it, it pushed me into action a lot sooner. That's so true. And I can tell you as someone who um, is at, you know, at my age and stage, it really, you know, time is precious. And time's the one thing that once it's gone, you can never get it back. So mm-hmm. I encourage people to really think about what they want to do and why they want to do it. And when you get that clarity, if someone's not committed to doing something, it's because one of those things are missing. And I think it's really important to get that clarity. And once you do, it makes getting into action so much easier. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That mindset is, is part of that clarity. Um, and a lot of people, and I was one of those people, trust me. I mean, I used to work in uh, the very stereotypical Wall Street type of companies where mm-hmm. all this talk about mindset and all that stuff seemed very, you know, fluffy to me back then. But I'm a very different person than I was five years ago. And a lot of it is attributed to having just changed how I thought about things and, and also the people around me who had similar mindsets that, you know, further reinforce. Uh, those, those mm-hmm. principles. Well, I spent a number of years in finance myself. I was mm-hmm. actually um, in, in the brokerage and financial planning area for 12 and a half years. So mm-hmm. I, I get that. And a lot of people go into that because it's a way to, um, you know, make, make good money or, you know, learn about finance, but I decided that, I mean, I was really good with numbers and I was good with it, but for me, it wasn't what I was passionate about. And it was, but it's a big decision to give up that, you know, corporate paycheck, all the vacation, all the benefits, all the different things and start out. But I think it's really, I was really clear about what I wanted to do next. And I also knew that it was time for a change. So you know, putting all those pieces in place were really important. Uh, yeah. Yes. No, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say for, for me, and I think that's the other thing that people often um, have, a, have, have an idea about that, oh, that clarity is going to come just magically. For me, it, it was a series of steps. It wasn't overnight that I said, aha, like this is what I want to do in my life. But every every day and every action I did, I tried to put myself a little bit closer to what I felt like what was right and a little bit farther away from the previous life that I was trying to remove myself from. And it probably wasn't until a year into my business that I realized, oh, okay, now I, now I understand why I have to go through all this. Now I understand why I'm doing all this. Um, but I had to go through all those motions to get there. So... Absolutely. And you also raised another point that I think is really important is, and I always tell people, you can't adjust when you're standing still. It's like when you're driving Mm -hmm. a car, you don't know if you're going the right direction until you get into motion. Then you Mm -hmm. can recalculate, you can make the adjustments, 
I know that the different things I've done through my career of you know, 40 plus years, I'm, I am not where I thought I would be at this age and stage. And I love mm -hmm. what I'm doing and I'm making such a difference. But it's things fell into place. I got new opportunities. What I'm doing today never even was in my consciousness because I didn't even know it existed. And right. you can really create your own you know, job. You can create what you're doing if you really want to make it happen. You know, take the experiences you've got and put it all together and it can create real magic. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think that's what I became really passionate about in doing uh, the stuff around my consulting with Bernadette Joy is that a lot of people's excuses to me have been because of finances. So whatever it is that I feel like I can do to be helpful to people in that space where finances is no longer an excuse as to why you can't do what you really want to do, that to me is totally worthwhile. Absolutely. Absolutely. We need to take a real quick break. And when we come back, I want to continue the conversation. And I want to talk a little bit about, okay, so our listeners may be saying they want to make a shift, but they don't even know where to get started. Or they might have a business idea. They don't know where to get started. And I'd love to talk about that just a little bit more as soon as we get back. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Have you ever asked yourself this question, why is it so hard to make a buck? <laughs> I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating $1 million in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Today in our success interview, we're talking with Bernadette Joy, and Bernadette took her corporate job, decided it wasn't for her, and really built a life that she's passionate about. Matter of fact, her tagline is make money, save money, earn your lifestyle, and I love that. And if you missed our conversation before the break, you absolutely need to go back and listen to it. She talked about making her transition, but about not making excuses, making a choice, really getting clear on your mindset, setting a specific goal to why, and having a clear time and number of what you need to accomplish to be able to get into action. So it was very, very powerful. So don't miss that. Go back and listen if you missed it. So I want to ask you, Bernadette, if someone wants to leave their corporate job, they want to start a business, they've got an idea, but they're not sure what to do, how do they get started? Yes, that is the number one question that I get all the time, and that is 
where I started my business was just because other people saw that I had a very corporate lifestyle before and I had made the transition. And the first thing that I told pe tell people all the time was that it was not overnight. There was definitely a series of steps. And there's two ways that I primarily um, tell people to start off with. One is if you are not ready to leave that corporate job yet, what can you do to get a get yourself in a better position with your current career so that you can either have more resources in terms of money or have more time to be able to do a business. So what I often help people with, interestingly, is not to start off with getting a new business right away, but what can we do in your job situation, whether it's to get a promotion, get, um, get a better position that either pays more or allows for more free time, or to get a new job if it's if you're in an industry that you are not particularly passionate about, or that you are wanting to be more towards a new industry that is closer to what you want to do and get that experience. What can I do to help you, coach you to get you into that spot? So counterintuitively, a lot of people come to me saying like I want to start a business, but they tell me I don't have the money, I don't have the time. And so the first thing is how do we get you more money and more time? So mm -hmm. assuming that that's all well and done, then what I um, then work on with people is what are the different ways that we can get you additional streams of revenue? And so I grew up, again, in a very corporate um, minded family where you get one job and you expect that job to pay for all of your things. And now I'm very much about multiple streams of income and, and being able to have the diversity of different things that are contributing to your income so that you're, you're not reliant on one particular source. So um, in addition to helping people with their jobs, I will take a look at, we'll talk, at, we'll have conversations about, okay, what are the things that you're really interested in or passionate about or have skill sets in that people are willing to pay for? And that's how I started. Interestingly for me, right, one of the services that I offer within Bernadette Joy is career coaching and resume review. And when I first started, I was just doing it for free. I was just doing it for people because people knew I was in HR for a long time. And uh, I didn't think that people would pay for that service because to me it was very natural to me. It was what I did for 10 years. It was you know, common sense to me. But then I started realizing it's not common sense for everybody. So mm -hmm. when I first started, I um, had people paying me $39 to redo their resume because I did. I was surprised people would pay me at all. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> And I and I picked that number because that's what I used to charge for renting a dress in my dress business. And I figured, okay, if I'm not running a dress to someone and I'm helping you with your resume, you have to pay me at least what I lost in revenue for not working on my business. And you know, a year later, you know, people um, I'm charging people three hundred dollars. There's a big difference. Um, mm -hmm. And so what I often do with people is take a look at, okay, after we've looked at, you know, what you've done career-wise, what are you really interested in doing, and where are there skill sets that are viable that can actually make money that people are also willing to pay for. Um, and then with the business idea, taking all of that inventory of, okay, where are your skill sets, what are you good at, and um, where is there demand for what you're good at, then I help people put together a business plan to start it off as a side hustle. And that's, that's been my, that's, that's always been my um, philosophy is that uh, when I first started, I wasn't hugely, uh, I was a big risk taker. So I started my first business while I was still working my day job and I worked it up to the point that it was viable for me to leave. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's important to have something to step into and it certainly is possible. You just have to have a really good plan when you're doing that. And you know, you shared a couple of things that I think it's important for our listeners to really um, know and hear. And one of that is that you weren't charging, um, you didn't think people would even pay for what you had to offer. And I think we often discount our value because it's really easy for us if we're good at it. And we mm -hmm. don't think someone would pay for it, but it's really important to take a step back and say, this has got high value. It's something that's going to help people move forward. It's going to help them get what they need. And if they knew how to do it, they would have already done it. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we discount 
what we can offer and the value of, of what we do. And women do that way more than men do, by the way. Yes, absolutely. I hear, I hear that all the time. So how do you get people to see what their value is? I mean, I think it's easy for someone to see it in someone else. It's hard for us to see it in ourselves. And that's one of the reasons I love you Women Network so much is because you get around people that really – Sandra did, Sandra Yancey did that in me. She saw what I had to offer way before I saw it. And mm -hmm. you, know, you need somebody who believes in you to help you then take that next step, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, for me, there's a, you know, there's a couple of things that um, I think when I first started the business, the other part that I help people on is, aside from figuring out ways to make more money, is how do we save money in your lifestyle so that I can afford you the opportunity to work on some of these things with a little less risk. So the reason I was able to start my businesses um, debt-free and also at relatively low price points. When I first started my dress business, I was charging people like $19, which now in hindsight was ridiculous. But, <laughs> but I was able to do that because I, wasn't, um, I got to a place uh, personally from a financial perspective that I didn't necessarily have to rely on that income. And it took me a lot of sacrifice before that um, to pay off all my student loan debt so that I wouldn't feel this pressure mm -hmm. on my businesses. Um, but one of the things that um, I constantly have to tell myself is um, that I no longer want to keep trading time for money. And if I'm going to do that, you know, I might as well go work for, for somebody else. And that was really hard for me because, um, you know, when I first started, I would let other people dictate what what my prices would be, and people, you know, people would ask me for discounts, or they would say, oh, I'm a friend of yours, so, like, do I have to pay? And, and it's hard, especially, like you said, as a woman, to say no, because you want to truly help people, and you want to be able to offer that service, and you're hoping, like, okay, you know, that if I do this for free, that it'll pay off, and definitely in the beginning, I, I discounted a lot of things, and I, because I wasn't, my, myself, I wasn't, um, completely confident yet. But I think the only way you can really build that confidence is to keep trying and keep putting your product or your service out there and seeing what the response is and tweaking it along the way. I come from the technology space, right, um, before I quit my day job. And in the technology space, it's not uncommon for people, you know, for companies to put out put out their products that are in the you know, beta testing or that are not completely perfect because they're trying to go out there and get feedback from customers so they can go back and tweak it. But yet I see so many entrepreneurs and small business owners who want to wait until the, the product is perfect or think that their product is perfect and then put out like a really high price point and expect to command that from the beginning with no user testing. The, you know, the equivalent of technology. And so for me, there was so much user testing that, you know, when I, when I, when I had my first client at $39, I was like, whoa, someone would pay me $39. Okay, I see what I did wrong that first time. Let me try again. And this time I'm going to charge $49. And then it got higher and higher and higher. And now I'm at the point where, you know, this happened even today. Someone asked, oh, can I, um, that price point seems really high for me. Can I get a discount? And I said, unfortunately, that's not, uh, unfortunately, I can't offer that because that would not be fair to my other clients who mm -hmm. pay that amount. And so um, for, for me, it wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, I immediately knew what my worth was. And I'm still, I, I'm still in awe of other entrepreneurs who are like, this is what I'm asking for. I'm not afraid to ask for it. I wasn't one of those people. It took me some time, and it took me some data behind what I was doing to um, validate that, and um, and for me, it was also um, thinking about okay, what's the what's the larger impact if I were to you know discount my services? Who who um, who else would be impacted by that? Or what revenue am I um, kind of losing for myself by constantly um, trying to match my worth to what other people thought versus what I really what I was worth? Mm -hmm. That's an interesting. Um 
an interesting way to, to look at it. And I think it's really important that a lot of, one of the things people do, and I think it's a mistake that a lot of business owners make, and I've seen it over and over again, is they wait until what they're offering is perfect, and then they release it. And when they do that, what happens is I often hear them say, well, nobody's buying it because they've missed a critical step in the process. They didn't do any validation. They didn't do any user testing. They developed what they thought people wanted, and they spent a lot of money on it. They lost a lot of time versus you know, what, what we say to people is make sure you know what people want before you go out and do all your final development. Test it along the way. And you talked about that with user testing that they do in, in the technology field. You do want feedback. You do want input. And I think that that's a critical step that a lot of people miss in the process. Yes. And I think that people will also look for that, that feedback from people who aren't actually their customers. So I see a lot of, especially again, my, my female counterparts who, um, you know, for example, I had someone who was a jewelry person who was one of my small business clients, and she was like, um, you know, she's like, oh, everybody loves my jewelry, and they take, they tell me that they're going to buy it. So she spent a lot of time uh, putting together her business, and then when she launched it, like crickets. Nothing <laughs> happened, right? And she was just like, mm -hmm. what's going on? I don't understand. Everyone said they were going to buy it. I said, but did you actually ever ask them to buy it? And did you ever ask them what they were willing to pay for it? And did you make sure that you matched the pricing to what they were willing to pay for? And so we had to go back and kind of redo those things. And then what she realized was that the what people were willing to pay for, of those who were willing to pay at all, were at a price point lower than her cost, which then it was then it was like, see if if you know, if we could go back in time and and tweak this a little bit, you might have you might have either done a different product that would actually make sense business wise or um or, you know, do something different about the business altogether because the market is telling you, you know, you can't rely on your friends and family who are gonna, you know, as nice as they they want to be, they're not gonna tell you necessarily, oh, you know, I'm not your customer. Everyone wants to give you good feedback. So the best way you can find out who your customers are is to actually ask them to pay you <laughs> and see if they absolutely. will pay. Yeah, absolutely. And you just, I'm, I'm sitting here um, smiling because I've, I've done a lot of jewelry making. And at one point, I was doing all of the, the shows because I loved what I was doing and I was making a lot of things. So I said, okay, I have to sell it. And people loved it and I took it. But what what started to happen was people were saying, but I want this tweak to it. I want it done this way. I want different color. I, you know, they all want something very specific. And the choice I made was I loved doing it because I, I just loved what appealed to me. Once it got to the point where people wanted all this custom stuff, they weren't willing to pay because I tested some prices. They weren't willing to pay what I felt I needed to get to do it custom. So I said, fine, I'm just going to do it as a hobby. You know, right. I'm going to change my, I'm going to change the business and do something different, you know, because I just didn't want to do it the way they wanted to do it. So it's a choice. And you know what, that opened a lot of other doors. So it all worked out perfectly. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had another person who gave me feedback about my first business with Dress. It's, um, when I originally started Dress, I thought it was going to be purely an online play. Like it would just be an online store and people could rent out their dresses and we would deliver it to them. And I spent a lot of money on a custom website because I did, and I can say, you know, I feel like I can say these things to people and I think why I have credibility with a lot of my clients is because I'm not talking about in theory what happened to me is like these these things that I talk about have all happened in my own businesses at some point. And one of the things was that, you know, I realized very quickly what happened was that when I had my online website and I spent a lot of money on that website, I got a custom developer. I'm still, can you tell I'm still a little bit <laughs> bitter about it, but I, um, when people found out I was in Charlotte here locally, they asked if they could come and try on the dresses beforehand. And what, ended up happening was now we've completely changed our model to be um, more of an in-person, one-on-one personal styling service that happens to offer dress rentals versus just a dress rental service. And I would have never 
known that if it weren't for the fact, if it, if it weren't for me putting that business out to begin with and realizing, okay, that's not what people were looking for. Um, but someone had said to me, was like, oh, you were lucky to find that out about your business. And I said, I mean, I don't know if it was luck or not, but how else would I have, have I found out if I didn't put it out there <laughs> right. to begin with? And I don't know how else I would have learned that. So I think um, there's always... Uh, an interesting balance between obviously you don't want to put something out there that's going to be completely you know not good for business or your reputation but taking some risks of knowing okay this is a minimal minimum viable product that I have that a lot of people could be interested in let me go out and test it and by test it I mean actually ask people to pay you and see what they're willing to pay you and that will really tell you if that's a business or not right I love that you're really asking for the sale um, mm -hmm. I love that and you've shared so much of value today. I can't believe our time is up. How can our listeners learn more about you and connect with you? Sure. The best way to find me is at BernadetteJoy.com. So that's just my first name. And um, on there you can reach me by email or set up a time to chat or uh, give me a call. Perfect. I love that. And um, I also, they can also check out your podcast, um, Crush This Debt. So I invite people to, to connect with you and check you out. And I'd love to ask, the final thing I'd like to ask our guests is what's one tip or piece of advice that you can give our listeners that they can implement to start getting into action? I think for me, um, the one thing, if you can do nothing else, is to find one person, just one, that you feel comfortable telling what your grand idea is or what that dream lifestyle is going to be, someone who's not going to judge you for it. For me, that was one of my good friends. Um, and say it out loud. Say these things out loud. Um, and the less that you have it in your head and the more that you talk about it out loud with someone who's going to be supportive, the more that it feels real. So if you can find that you don't need a whole um, fan base. You just need one person to believe in you. And I think for me that was uh, someone who had her own dreams to follow. We, we supported each other. And you know, a couple years later, we're both completely do, doing different things from what we did a couple years ago. That is a great reminder that um, getting into action will definitely get you in the right path. So thank you much, so much for your time. It's been a great conversation. Thank you. Have a great day. I want to leave everyone with um, a quote. It's an oriental saying, the best time to plant a tree is 30 years ago. The second best time is today. So I invite people to get into action, get really clear on what you want. Stay tuned with us. When we come back, it's our business builder. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, and I think you know her. She's an entrepreneur that is highly connected, successful, significant in her own industry, and considered the go-to woman in her community. She's received so much from so many women in business, she's ready to give back to others on their journey, lifting as she climbs. Hi, this is Sandra Yancey, and I'm the founder and CEO of eWomen Network. I'm looking to connect with the woman I've just described who lives in your community so that we might have a conversation about how eWomen Network's proven success system can provide her a platform to elevate her success and ability to support women in business. Our international community of managing directors are influencing the speed of success for women in business around the world. If that sounds like something that you want to be part of or know someone we should talk with, send an email to managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. That's managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. And let's start the conversation. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. 
If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Michael McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm here with Janelle, and in our Business Builder segment today, we're going to be talking about what the most successful coaches all do and how you can learn from them and apply their success formula to your business. This is going to be a great discussion because we always get coaches asking us, how can we stand out in a crowded market? And one of the best things you can do is really learn from those who have been really successful. Well, yeah, so let's sort of go back to the beginning and uh, talk about when we first started Turn Knowledge to Profit. We, we knew that we wanted to help other coaches, speakers, and authors be successful, but the question was, how could we do that and what where would we get the most benefit and the most uh, the be the best position to help them the most so what we decided to do was study successful coaches speakers and authors we really wanted to know if there was anything that they all did anything that they had in common that helped them grow successful businesses um, I, I know many of you have probably read Napoleon Hill's book, The Law of Success. If you haven't read that book, you really need to read it. Now, it's pretty thick, but it's, it, you can skim through it fairly quickly. But the, the gist of the book is that he went out and studied uh, a number of successful people looking for what it is they all did that led to their success and then condense that down into a set of laws for success uh, that anybody can apply. Uh, one of the best one known ones that almost everybody uses today is masterminding. That was one of his ideas. So we went out and said, could we do the same kind of thing for coaches, speakers, and authors? Was there something we could do that really would help them be very successful building off of those successful coaches? So. Uh, we went out and studied, I don't know, gosh, uh, probably more than 50 coaches. Um, people like Tony Robbins or Brendan Burchard, Lisa Sasevich, Ali Brown, John Asaroff, uh, Robert Allen, Nancy Jutton, Sandra Yancey. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, we reviewed their books. We took their courses and in some cases actually joined their masterminds. We really wanted to just soak up everything that they knew, both in their area of expertise, but also we were interested in looking at their business model, looking at how did they grow their six or seven, or in some cases, eight-figure businesses to, to such a level. Uh, and I, I gotta tell you, for, for me, it was a life-changing experience. No, I agree, and I think that it's really important to look at what others are doing, and then also to have conversations with people that you want to serve because we got some great information about what was working really well for them and what those gaps were. So that's one of the steps in the process is to figure out what markets are overserved and what markets are underserved. And I think that's what a lot of the successful coaches do. They don't try to be like everyone else they really figure out what their strengths are and really what do they have to offer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're very, very diverse. Uh, you know, we really didn't focus in on just business coaches. We focused, we, we looked at life coaches, we looked at business coaches, we looked at motivational coaches, really in a whole lot of different areas. Uh, and you're absolutely right. They each had their very own unique approach to what they were teaching. Now, in some cases, uh, you could sort of see through that, well, it was the same thing as some other coaches doing, but really packaged in a completely different way. Um, but, you know, I mean, business is sort of business. I mean, basically, there are some rules to business or growing a business and, you know, pretty much they're, they're the same for everybody, but they always approach in a little different way. Uh, but we really wanted to know, you know, how did they build their businesses? What really, what was in common among all of them? And then could we do something in that area to really help all the coaches, speakers, and authors out there who wanted to build successful businesses. 
And, you know, the fascinating part for us was that there absolutely was something in common. There were several things that they all were doing. Uh, now, not to say that they were all doing them exactly the same way. Um, they were all doing them in different ways, but they were all doing basically the same thing to grow their business. And that's what was so fascinating to us. Um, even with di different audiences or different focuses for their for their particular coaching. So for the first thing we saw that they did is that every single one of them leveraged their time through products, programs, and services. And this is really, really important. There are a lot of folks out there who are coaching one-on-one -on -one or coaching in small groups or um, you know doing masterminds or whatever they do, but that requires their time. And so one of the really the changes, one of the real um, breakthroughs that businesses have as they grow is to start to leverage the expert's time, start to leverage that coach's time. So how can you create products, programs, and services that can be delivered without you actually being there to deliver them? And I know one of the challenges people always have is they say, but I'm the expert, they need me. And when you look at what you're doing, there are a lot of things that people do that they do over and over again. And that's one of the steps is really looking at what are you doing? Because there's, in most cases, there's just a small portion, if any, that you absolutely have to do yourself. But it's really effective to capture it, to systematize it, and then get it in a structure that you can use to leverage your time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're, for example, we're working with a coach right now, uh, helping her develop a leverage program. But she is a an expert and has developed a very specific program for uh, stimulating muscles and uh, really rebooting your body, if you will. And so you would think now a, a chiropractor or a masseuse or, a, or someone who's a physical therapist, they have to have hands on. But here's a perfect example where she's taken what she knows, she's created a series of videos, and she's now created this video e-course that she doesn't have to be there to deliver. And she can now have other people do that for her or she can have people do that in her, their home or in their, their, in some cases in their professional practice and she doesn't have to even be there to do it. So she starts, so if she can leverage, then you, know, you really should think about what is it you're doing and can, is it possible to leverage that? And that's a great example because a lot of people would say that that absolutely has to be done in person. And we really want to challenge the way people think and really bust some of those myths because then it opens so many doors for you about what's possible. Yeah, it really does. And really, I would, I hate to use absolutes, but I would say that there really isn't a coaching business that I've found yet that can't be leveraged. Uh, even if you think it can't, I really haven't seen one yet that can. And maybe it's out there, but I haven't seen it. Um, so th that's the first thing. The second thing we found that they all do, and, and this is irrespective of what business they're in or what type of coaching they do, is that they all have a very clear program ladder. And what we mean by that is they have a series or a set of basic entry level products and services. Those might be e-courses. They have a set of mid-range products and services that their clients can then step up into. Those might be VIP programs or follow-on e-courses. And then they all have premium products and services that their, uh, their very best or very most dedicated clients can step into. And those might be some type of structured coaching program or mastermind or something like that. So they all have that really well-defined program ladder so that clients can really come in at any level, but the ones that really want to just test them out, just want to see what they have, uh, they can start at an entry level. And if they want to go deeper, then they have things that they can move up into. And I love when you do that because that really gives people an opportunity to really look at what they're charging and how they're being compensated for their time because when they're doing it one-on-one, -on -one, it is really a premium offering. Yeah, absolutely. Almost always there, or in fact, in every case, their one-on-one -on -one coaching is at the high end of the premium. So it really, really values their time. 
And uh, usually those entry-level programs are uh, highly leveraged and at a, a reasonable price point that a lot of people can step into it. But they also don't go real, very deep. I mean, we like to say that at that entry level, that's where clients can see your solution. The application of it is up to them, but they can see it there. Um, at the mid-range, that's at a little bit higher price point, maybe involves a little bit more of your time, but is still somewhat leveraged. And we like to say at that point, that's where clients get to experience your solution. So they get training in the solution, but they also get some one-on-one -on -one coaching, some small group coaching. So they really get to experience what it means to get the transformation that you're teaching. And then for the premium products and services, that's at the very highest end. And that's where we like to say that your clients get to master your solution. So you actually work with them in a group setting or in a one-on-one -on -one setting to really help them really master whatever it is you're teaching them. And that's a great way to look at it because it really helps people visualize and really think about where they what they have in place at each of those levels or what they want to do to help expand their reach and really have a bigger impact. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it really, really helps that. It, it, obviously, at the, at the basic end or the entry level, that's a lower price point, but you're reaching out to a much, much, much bigger audience. And so uh, really, you get to affect a lot of lives that way. You get to really make a huge difference for a large number of people without you having to actually be there to do it. You've given us number one, which is leveraging their time through products, programs, and services. Number two is creating a clear program ladder consisting of entry-level, mid-level, and premium products. So what's number three, Michael? Well, the third one is that we found that every single one of these really successful coaches had a very specific and very consistent set of talking points that they used from the stage, in interviews, and in all of their marketing. And really, it's a signature talk, if you will. Now, when we say signature talk, a lot of people think of, well, that's on a stage in front of a lot of people. And it certainly can be. And that's the way you can structure it. But what a lot of people don't realize is that you can then, once you have that signature talk, you can then extract pieces of that for interviews that you do. You can extract different pieces for podcasts. You can extract even different pieces for um, when you go out and do marketing materials. So really that signature talk becomes your anchor for all of the things that you do. You, you keep coming back to those same points, that same structure, and it really makes it very, very easy for you to then go and do podcasts on the spur of the moment, go and do interviews. Uh, I know we've been a couple of times where we've been at an event and at most recent event we did where someone pulled us over and said, hey, I'm doing a live, a Facebook live. Would you like to do it right now? And we'll talk about your company. Well, if I didn't have a signature talk to fall back on, I would have nothing to say. I wouldn't know what to say, or I'd say something, but who knows what it would be. I mean, you know, who knows if it would be on, on message or not. But by having that signature talk in the back of my head, both of us, we had that, we could then easily do that interview. Sure, absolutely, we'll do it. And know that we can always come back to those talking points, always come back to that signature talk as the structure of that Facebook Live. Well, and I love having the signature talk also because you can extract parts if you need a 20 minute talk, a 30 minute, 45, 60, even if you need to make it a little bit longer, you can go a little bit deeper. So it really gives you that foundation, like you say, so that if someone reaches out, you don't have to say, I'm not ready. You've got what you need. And that is key because opportunities show up and you want to be ready so you don't miss one. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, we had that. I just clicked in in my head. We had that mastermind we were in a while back, maybe five, six years ago now. And the, the coach used to say, well, what are you going to do if Oprah calls? You know, are you going to say, sorry, I'm not ready to go on, you know, the Oprah Winfrey show? Sorry, can't help you. Don't know what I'm going to say. You don't want to be in that position. You want to be in the position of absolutely I'm ready when do you want me there right and you always know that you have that signature talk in your back pocket and you can always say something 
that's going to make sense about your business, that's going to be, you know, that's going to drive people to your solution, that's going to really establish you as the expert in the field. And that's what you want. And I love that. And I love the way that you've taken all of this and really used it to build the turn knowledge to profit model. And you've created the six, you've created the quick six formula. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So again, wrapping around to the beginning, you know, when we started the company, we knew we wanted to help coaches, speakers and authors. The question is, what's the best way to do that? Well, by studying all of these very successful coaches, uh, we came up with this quick six formula. So it really includes all the things that a coach needs to build a six or seven or even more uh, size business. And it consists of a signature talk, uh, an ebook, uh, entry level e course, a mid level VIP program, a premium structured coaching service, and then a strategy map for putting it all into place. So those are really the six elements that we see. Uh, are at the core of these really successful businesses. And um, doesn't mean you, you could, there's lots and lots of other options, but that's a core. And then once you have that core, you can build off of that in any direction that you want. And so that's what we put together is the quick six formula. And that's where we believe that we can really bring the, our highest and best uh, to the, the coaches and speakers and authors out there who are really struggling and think you know working too hard for too little and and really want to to really build that business that leverages them leverages their talent makes a big difference with a lot of people and gets them the income that they really think they deserve and i love it because people can come in with having some of those having none of those and really work on what their best next step is and it really helps them put together all the pieces that they need to build and grow and leverage their business. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we work with clients all the time that come in and say, hey, I have an e-course, what do I do now? Or we have clients that, uh, that really don't know what they wanna do. They have a, a, a number of different offerings that they've created over the years sort of organically, and there's really no structure to them. They, they really don't, you know, they're offering them, but um, they don't really build on each other in a, in a nice, consistent ladder. So we help them structure those, put those into a ladder. Um, and still others have uh, a lot of things like we're working with someone who has a whole series of Facebook Lives that they've done, and they want to structure those into an e-course now. So we can do that as well. So really, you're, you're absolutely right. At any point in the process, um, you know, we can help people take what they have and turn it into that really nice uh, flowing uh, program ladder. Which is really helpful for coaches, speakers, and authors. So if someone's listening to us and they're saying, I'd like to learn more, I'd like to find out maybe what my next step is, how can they connect with you and have that conversation? Well, the best way is to always go to the website. It's turnknowledgetoprofit.com. And there you'll see uh, some examples of what we do. You can also check out our podcast. We have all the episodes there. You can listen to any of those that are particularly of, of interest to you. Uh, you can check out our blog, you know, any of that information. We have a great free download on the Quick 6 formula so you can get more information on that and, and really uh, see what's in that. And I know they can connect with you and email you and you'll send them a link so they can set up a conversation with you, which is great. So I invite all of you listening to also connect with us on Facebook at Turn Knowledge to Profit and let us know what your next product, program, or service is going to be and let us know how we can help you. You know, this has really been a great conversation. I want to thank all of you for joining us today on Turn Knowledge to Profit. Again, I want to remind you to visit our Turn Knowledge to Profit page on Facebook and share your questions, your insights, and your ahas. And also share one action you're going to take in the next week to turn your knowledge into profit. If you have an idea for our future show, be sure to email me at michael at tk2p.com. That's michael at tk2p.com. Have a wonderful and profitable week. 
Turn Knowledge to Profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream about. Join us each Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the EWN Radio Network. To download this week's show, listen to past shows, or learn how to be a guest on the show, visit TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com. Past shows are also available at EWNRadioNetwork.com and through iTunes and Stitcher. Until next time, remember, great companies are built around great products. Leverage your knowledge to live the life of your dreams. Let's continue the conversation and turn your knowledge into profits.